Good morning. Uh, we are so glad that you could worship with us online today uh, from Lake Point Church. And uh, of course, today and next Sunday, uh, we pause in person gathering, which is online today, online next Sunday morning. And uh, many of us were around families and friends and uh, throughout this holiday season. And I think we should. I think we should be around, be careful, but you know, we should. We need to be around families and friends, and uh, but we're just trying to be smart to limit our gatherings, and uh, we're going to get to hang out here in a couple of weeks. We can, we can come back in a couple of weeks on January 10th. We'll be back in person, uh, and uh, in fact, on January 10th, uh, will be a special Sunday as we kick off our in-person service for the new year. Uh, we'll have communion uh, together here, and we'll reflect on the, uh, what God has done in our lives and what it means uh, through the cross and what Jesus has done for us at the cross and salvation. So that's in a couple of weeks. January 10th, we'll be back. But today and next Sunday, I, I pray that you're together with your families and friends. And, uh, and I pray that you're watching this message today to worship with us. Um, and then, of course, we're coming down to the end of our year of 2020. And um, as so many of you have been so generous this year, and I pray that you continue to be generous. Um, you can mail your, you know, end of the year giving. Uh, it's an awesome opportunity to give to the different needs that we have. And one of the things that we'll, uh, we love to do every year, is close out the year with a missionary, missionary offering for our missionaries um, all around the world. And, um, and so, I, I'm going to challenge you to pray about how you can be a part of that. Um, some of you have already given to that. Thank you for doing that. You can give online. Um, you can give online or you can give uh, by mail and drop it off and um, uh, in the mailbox and be postmarked by uh, the end of the year, um, all the way to before midnight uh, on December 31st. And so you can give online that way as well. And so, and designate Christmas missionary offering, and um, and there'll be an option there for you to select to give to our mission given. And so, thank you for your generosity as we close out this year for 2020. Well, today I want to wrap up our Christmas message series, simply Christmas, nothing more, nothing less. I really do pray that the past week you were able to reflect on the message of Christ, the message of Christmas, um, the past week. And uh, today I want to look at one word, one important word. It's actually a name. And that word, that name is Emmanuel. Emmanuel. What does that word, what does Emmanuel mean? Uh, if you're taking notes, uh, uh, you can download the notes if you had it already. But if you're taking notes, or you can just write this down if you like. The word Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. I, I wonder how many of you ever prayed that prayer. God, be with me. God, be with me. God be with us. Perhaps maybe you're on a trip or you're about to go on a trip, uh, you know, with your family. And you pray, God, 
be with us as we travel. And please don't let our kids kill each other in the back of the car and make me go crazy. God, be with us. Or maybe you pray, God, be with us as we go out and about shopping and returning that Christmas gift that we don't need or it was too big on us or too small. And help us, God, to fight the crowd to get back into the stores. God, be with us. Or maybe you pray, God, be with me as I go on this blind date and pray that this blind date is not some crazy person. You know, some psycho stalker that's going to stalk me later on. God, be with me in this. God, be with me. Well, God, be with me as I go for a job interview. God, be with me. Well, what does it mean for God to be with us? And I want to look at Matthew chapter number one. And I want us to see his version of the birth of Christ. And it talks about the Virgin Mary in verse 21. And the Bible says that she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Now this, this was the announcement that the people have been longing to hear for centuries upon centuries upon centuries. And Matthew, he made this announcement. He made this announcement through the angel to the Virgin Mary that, that she was gonna have a son and he was gonna be the savior of the world. This is the gospel, this is the good news. This is what, this is the, the center of the story of God right here. This is the, the tipping point right here. This is so huge. And it goes on in verse number 22. He says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. Now, let's stop here again. Matthew's about to, what he's about to do is, he's about to quote from the Old Testament prophet, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. And, and, and this is a prophecy that Isaiah gave 740 years before this Matthew's point in the story. 740 years earlier. And I don't know about you, but that just kind of gets up on my mind a little bit. It kind of blows my mind about how good God is about how big God is, that over seven centuries, 700 years before this event, a prophecy is given, and now that prophecy is being fulfilled. Look at verse 23. Here's the prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, if this was a movie, if this was a movie that we're watching at this point, the music would get, the, 
get to become, you know, become very dramatic. We start to build up, and it would be the voice, the Morgan Freeman voice, you know, and, and that voice would say, he's called Emmanuel. God, with us. No, 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 no. I mean, it wouldn't be that good. I mean, the movie would be a whole lot better. But, you know, it would be, that, that would be what we hear. It would be something incredible. Because this is the moment. This is the huge moment. Not in just Mary's life, but a huge moment in humanity. This is huge. Because what Matthew just said was the most earth-shattering, most powerful news ever. Because everybody that was listening or everybody that would have been reading this story, they would know that in the Old Testament, where it said that God was so holy that you can't even look at him. You can't even look at him in his purest essence and, and live. And they would have known that Moses had to kind of hide his face from God when God would kind of pass him through on the mountain that he could only see, you know, the backside of God. He couldn't see complete God because he knew, because everyone knows that Moses would not have been able to handle the full-blown presence of, of God. And they would have known that they read the scripture that when God, when he was in the temple, you know, when he was in the tabernacle, that nobody was allowed in the Holy of Holies except for the chief priest, the high priest. But only once a year could they go into the Holy of Holies. And every time that high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, they would tie a rope, a rope around his leg just in case he dies in the presence of God so that they could pull him out. I mean, that, this is where we're at. And Matthew says, all of a sudden, he says, he is with us. I mean, this is earth-shattering news that God is with us. Well, what was it that made the shepherds run back into the field rejoicing? Now, what was it that caused the, the wise men to bow down and fall on their face and to worship the Christ child? It was this fact, and this fact alone, that God is not some distant, far off, you know, some uninvolved God, that, that God is not someone who just, you know, just watches over us, but that God is now with us. The creator, the sustainer of the universe is a relational God who stripped himself of his glory and became like us in a form of a baby who was all God and yet all man without sin. And he dwelt among us on earth. Look at John chapter 1, uh, verse number 1, where the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, the Bible says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It dwelt among us. I mean, this is the best news that Matthew could deliver. This was a huge moment. And for some of you that's watching today, now when I tell you that, that God is with you, you're kind of like, really? Because I don't feel it. I'm not feeling it, Scott. I don't feel
feel it, there's no goosebumps. I just don't feel him. In fact, there's some of you that you're watching, and you've experienced a very rather difficult year. You've experienced some loss. You know, I, I believe that, you know, for Christmas, it, it, it's kind of like a great magnifier. A great magnifier. It magnifies the good. It makes everything feel really good. But at the same time, it magnifies the painful times, and, and it seems to make those, you know, Christmas even more painful. And, and for some of you, you're facing maybe this year, maybe you're facing for the first time the Christmas season the past week. You've experienced an empty trail. And it's wrecked you. And it's painful. And you're, and you're trying to figure out, and you're trying to figure out where's God in this. You're wondering, you know, where is God? I don't feel God. I don't see God. You know, if God is there, why is, why is this happening in my life? Where is God? God, He's with me. You've experienced pain. And for some of you, if you're really, really honest. You're saying, man, Scott, you don't know what I've done. I've done some things in my life. I'm embarrassed. I've got regrets. I've got baggage. Why? Why would God want to be with me? Why would God want to be with me? It's just hard to believe that he would want to be with me. And here's my goal in the next few minutes. By the end of this message, with the power of God, with the Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you're convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt. I pray that you'll know that God is, that God was, and that God always will be with you. Because he's Emmanuel. God with us. And when God plants that truth in your heart, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that that everything changes. Everything changes. When you understand Emmanuel, God with us. Three thoughts. If you're taking notes, you can write this down, or if you got the handout note, but here's the first thought that God is with you. God is with you. Luke 1. We see this in another Christmas story, uh, you know, another version of the Christmas story. The angel appeared to the, the little version teenage girl. And he says in verse 28, he said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And the very first truth that the angel proclaimed to this girl is something that she needed to know in that moment. Because she's about to ask her to do something to do something very, very difficult. And so the angel in that moment said, listen, the Lord is with you, Mary. The Lord is with you. And, and some of you, you're hurting right now. And I want you to understand that the Lord is with you. He is with you. Even, even when you don't understand it, he is with you. Bible says that our God is the God of all comfort, who comfort us in our sorrows, in our trials, in our tribulations. He comforts us. The word comfort 
uh, from the, the Greek word, it literally means, the word comfort literally means to come alongside of. To come alongside of. You see, our God, when he comforts us, he comes alongside of you, he comes alongside of me. He called a minister to you in your time of troubles. And here's the thing. When you understand that the God of the universe, that's all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God, when you understand that the God of the universe is the God that is with you, and that should change everything about what you think about God. When you're lost and you don't know where to go, God is with you as your guide. When you're hurting and feeling alone, God is with you as your friend. When you're in the middle of a trial, our God is with you as your comforter. If you're ever sick, our God is with you as your healer. Whenever you're weak, our God is with you as your strength. Hey, anytime you're lost in your sin, our God is with you as your Savior. Our God, He is with you. Our God is with us. The second thought, when I think about the word Emmanuel, is that God was with you. He was with you. You know, in the past, when you look back over your lifetime, sometimes it's easier to see God in the rearview mirror of our lives. Sometimes it's hard to see God in, our, in, our, in the moment that we're in. But as we look down, when we get down further out in life, we're able to look back to see that God was working behind the scene of our lives. It reminds me of Joseph in the Old Testament. Now, Joseph in the Old Testament is very different than Joseph in Mary's life. All right, a different Joseph. Uh, this Joseph that we're talking about, if you don't know his story, um, at one time, he was a little boy with a big dream. And he woke up with that big dream, and he told his older brothers, he said, hey, God gave me a dream, and one day that you're going to, uh, um, I'm going to be your ruler. And, and the, the brothers, they didn't like it too much to hear that. They thought, man, you're a little cocky. You know, you're a little arrogant, and uh, you're our little brother, and I'm not sure that we're ever, you know, we're ever followed after you as our leader. And, uh, and so they, they kind of grew to hate him. You know, Joseph's brother started to hate him, and, and Joseph was highly favored by his dad, Jacob. And then, you know, Joseph gets older, and, and there were some uh, more things that happened. And one day, Joseph's brothers saw an opportunity to get rid of him. And they captured him, and they threw him in the pit. And they thought, man, let's, let's just leave him here to die. And, uh, and one of the nice brothers said, no, let's not leave him here to die. Let's sell him to slavery, okay? And so they sold him to slavery. They made up a story to bring back to Jacob, the dad, to say, hey, we found Joseph's uh, clothes, uh, Coats of many colors with all ripped up and with animal blood on it. We think, you know, maybe Joseph died. And Jacob was devastated. 
And the brother knew that they lied, covered up, and they thought that Joseph was forever gone. Meanwhile, Joseph is being sold to slavery to Egypt. And he had full integrity, doing the right thing, trying to do the right thing, but yet at the same time, he was falsely accused and as a slave, so they threw him in a dungeon. And he was, you know, pretty much forgotten by everybody. And we look at the story, and it's like, man, from a distance, it's like, man, now where's God and Joseph's life? Where's God in all these trouble? What, what, now, Joseph, who tried to do the right thing, who really didn't do anything wrong, where is God? And you have to see the story over the course of his life to realize that God was actually working behind the scenes. And that pit that the brothers threw him, threw him in, that pit actually became the road that led Joseph to the palace where one day he became the second in command of Egypt, one of the most powerful men in that known world. And then a tremendous famine happened and Joseph that God had given Joseph the wisdom to navigate the, the, the Egyptians through that terrible famine. And not only the Egyptians, but people from all over the, that world traveled to Egypt. You know, because of Joseph, he saved hundreds of thousands of lives. And his brothers coming back didn't realize that was Joseph. They thought he was done for. And they realized that over the course of time, that that was their brother that they betrayed. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 39, it answered the question, where was God in all of this? In Genesis 39 verse 21, the Bible said that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with him. Where was the Lord? The Lord was with Joseph. That's where he was. You look back and it's like God was moving the pieces all around Joseph's life, working behind the scenes every step of the way. He was with Joseph. You know, I get very emotional. You know, as I look back over my life, I look back and I see the different times when God was with me or when God was with me and my family, or when God was with us at the church. And I get very emotional at times thinking about, man, God was with me. God was uh, with me when I first got my first ministry job over 20 years ago. And, uh, and I was so excited. It was in Pensacola, Florida. I was fresh out of Bible college. And, and, and the pastor and the church, they, they just really couldn't afford to keep me, but they wanted me to stay. At least I think they did, right? And, uh, but they, uh, they said, Scott, we want you to stay. And, uh, but, and uh, this is the best we can do. And, uh, we'll, we'll be able to pay you $280 a week. That's your salary, $280 a week. And this was back in 1999. Not 1950, or 1950, $280 a week, I, I've been told, would have been a pretty good chunk of change. But 1999, uh, wasn't that great of a money in 1999. 
And, uh, and I remember when they offered that to me, they said, Scott, this is the best we can do, but we want you to stay here. We want you to serve here. And, uh, and we'll pray that maybe God can open the door for us to give you a raise down the road. But this is the best we can do. Scott, would you, would you consider it? And, uh, and I considered it, and I came back and said, yeah, I'll do it. And I don't know how it's going to make sense. And I don't know how God can take care of me. 280 bucks is not a lot of money. And yet, but God still was with me. In fact, he helped me buy a house. He bought, I bought a house with that paycheck. And I remember, when looking back, I remember, man, God was my provider. God was with me through that. It didn't make sense. I could have probably gone somewhere else and made more, but I was so glad that I stayed because I trusted God in that moment. God was with me. I remember when my wife and I, my family, when we moved back to Michigan back in 2009, and we moved back here, and we didn't know how we were gonna live. We were gonna start the church, we had nobody you know, on the, on, the, on the church roster. We had no membership. It was just my family. We had two other families that joined us from, from Florida that decided to move up here, and, and, and a couple others shortly after that. And, um, but that, we didn't know how we were gonna live. We didn't have a paycheck. We haven't had an offering. We, and, and so uh, one week, one week before we moved up here, God provided a place for us to live in East Point for free for two years. It was another church parsonage, and, uh, and they were willing to allow us to stay there. And, and, and God provided. God was with us. God was with us when we started Lake Point Church in October 2009. Uh, we had no idea how many people were gonna show up on that October Sunday. We had no idea. We set up 100 chairs. We've done no advertising. We've done some word of mouth, invitations, invites, but we, we didn't have a marketing budget and we didn't have a way to really get it, get it out there. And uh, we, we set up a portable church at Iroquois Middle School on Romeo Plank. And uh, we set up a hundred chairs and I was with my friend that was helping us from Florida. I said, hey, man, I don't, know, I don't even know if we have a hundred people. And God was with us when we had some 80 people show up on that very, very, very first service. And we still have some of them here with us, here at Lake Point. They were a part of that very, very first service. And uh, God was with us. God was with us back then, 2009, when we started Lake Point. God was with us a few years ago as a church family. When we were setting up and tearing down, setting up and tearing down that Lutheran High North, and we knew at some point we needed to find a facility, to find a place, a property. We didn't even know what that looked like. In fact, we did a capital campaign with no, uh, no blueprints, with no model of a church building, no, hey, this, this is the picture of the land that we're buying. We had none of that. You know, most capital campaigns want something like that. Here's a picture of what we're building, or this is what we're gonna be buying. We had none. We actually had, we just, we just kind of capital campaign on a vision, that we wanna be ready for the next move of God. And, and I was blown away by the generosity of so many people in our church. And I look back, I said, man, God was with us. 
then use that capital campaign back in, you know, three, three and a half years ago to buy a building. A year ago, we bought a building just over a year ago right here on Van Dyke. And God is with us, you know, a few years ago and still with us. God with us. And I remember in my own personal life in 1982, I remember that day. I remember that night when I went to my parents and I said, Mom and Dad, I need to know Jesus. I want to have salvation. I want to become a Christian. And God was with me in 1982 as a seven-year-old little boy. My parents led me to the prayer, a sinner's prayer, and I became a follower of Jesus. He was with me. He was there, right with me. 2020. 2020. Hmm. We might not see it now. We might not see it at all. But I believe years later, time down the road, we'll be able to look back at 2020 and say, you know what? God was with me. I didn't see it in 2020. It was hard to see. But God was with me. God was with me. So God is with us. God was with us. The third thought is God will be with you. God will be with you. No matter what you're going through. No matter what you're going through. God will be with you. I want you to think about this little girl, Mary, this teenage little girl. Imagine if she could have seen the future. We sang a song last week, last Sunday, and, and uh, you heard it on Christmas Eve, Mary, did you know? I believe Mary knew. I believe exactly that. Mary knew. She knew that the Lord would be with her through this whole experience in her life. When the angel said the Lord would be with you, imagine if she could have seen the future, if she could look ahead. Here's what she would have said. God will be with me when I conceived a child by the Holy Spirit. I believe Mary would say, God will be with me when I tell Joseph and when Joseph doesn't understand and I know that God will be with Joseph as he understands in a dream and tell him, listen, it's cool, it's good, it's exactly what's supposed to happen. That God will be with us when we travel on a donkey's back a hundred miles when I'm very, very, very pregnant with the baby. She says, God will be with me. I believe Mary would say, if she could look in the future, that God would be with me when there was no room for us in the end. That God would be with me when I gave birth to the Son of God in a stable, in a manger, not to some farm animals. God will be with me. And God will be with me when I was on the run, escaping Bethlehem, you know, going to Egypt, trying to save the life of my son, Jesus. 
and God will be with me. When my son was 12 years old and we lost him and we couldn't find him and after a, after a long hard search we found Jesus, 12 year old Jesus in the temple teaching the religious leaders and, 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 the, and the teachers and the leaders of the temple. And, um, and, and God will be with me at the wedding feast when they run out of the wine and I will get to witness the very first miracles of men when Jesus turned water into wine. God will be with me when I watch my son being falsely accused and persecuted. God will be with me when I watch my son suffer on a cross, brutally abused by the sinners for whose sin he would die for as they drive the nails into his body. God will be with me as I watch him suffer. And God will be with me when he look up to heaven and said to his father, Father is finished. God will be with me when Jesus say, God, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And God will be with me when the earth went dark. And God will be with me when the earth shook. And God will be with me when I take the body, the dead body of Jesus down and bury him in the tomb. God will be with me on that very first night when I waited and wondered. God will be with me on that second night when I waited and wondered. And God, he would be with me on the third day when the stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty and he was not there. Why? Because he is risen. Because he is Emmanuel. Because he is God with us. He is God who was with us. He is God who will always be with us no matter what you're going through. He will be with us. Notice what Jesus says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Those are the Greek letters. Alpha being the first letter of the Greek alphabet, and Omega being the final letter. In other words, Jesus said, I'm the first and the last. I'm, I'm, I'm through it all. He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Lord Almighty. The God who is with you, who was with you, is with you and will be with you forever. I love the Psalm 23rd, the 23rd Psalm. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of, of death, you shall fear no evil. Why? Because our God is with us. He is with us and there is no question whatsoever. It is settled. It is written. He is Emmanuel, God with you. There's no doubt. He is with you. And the only question that needs to be answered is this. Are you 
with God. Are you with God? That's the only question that needs to be answered. And it's time to give it an honest answer. Because God is with you. He is Emmanuel. And more than anything else, he wants to reveal his love, his character, his nature, his goodness to you. But more than that, he wants you to be with him. Because you were made by God to be for God, to be with God. He wants you to be with him, loving him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Because he's not some God who's so far off, distant, uninvolved. No, he's a relational God who came to earth to reveal himself to you and to forgive you of your sin so that you can know him, to serve him, and have eternal life. Emmanuel, simply Christmas. Nothing more, nothing less. God with us. My friend, are you with him? Are you with him? He's with you. He wants to be with you. If you're not a follower of Christ, a child of God, he wants you to come alongside of him and have a relationship with him. And today, I invite you. I invite you into that relationship with the God of the universe who is with us. Let's all pray. Let's close your eyes right where you, wherever you are, whether you're sitting at home, in your bed, maybe you're driving, maybe you're up your cabin, maybe you're out of town. No one's looking. I just want you to, you know, just a, a moment right where you're sitting. So I close. I want, you to, I want you to answer the question. God, am I with you? God, am I with you? If you ever ask Jesus to come in your heart to be your Lord and Savior, you are with him. And he is with you. But if there's never been a time in your life where you've asked Jesus to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, he's knocking on the door of your heart and wants you to invite him in. He wants to be with you. He says, Scott, man, I'm a mess. I'm, I'm, you don't realize what I've done, but, but our God does. And he still loves you. And the Bible said that all we have to do is invite him into our life, to forgive us of our sins, to receive him into our life. And you can simply do this by praying a prayer. I call this a sinner's prayer. It's a prayer that I prayed in 1982 as a seven-year-old kid. It's a prayer that you can pray today. It's a prayer that God answers every time. And he's with you. He wants you to do this. Because he knows that you're missing out without a relationship with him. And right where you're at, you can pray this prayer. Say, Dear God, I'm a sinner. And I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to come into my life to be my Savior. 
I want you to be with me. Not just not for this life, but I want you to be with me for eternity. I want to experience Emmanuel, God with us. God with me. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and be my savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you that I have eternal life through your son Jesus. And my friend, if you're watching, if you're sitting there, you just pray that prayer. Man, all of heaven rejoices when you give your heart to Jesus. All of heaven rejoices. In fact, I'm rejoicing. I'm going to celebrate with you. And next time we can meet, I'd love for you to share that with me. Says God, on that online service, I gave my heart to Jesus. If you can share that with me, I'd love to hear about it. If you're not local, please reach out to me. You can reach out to us on our website, lakepointchurch.org. There's a, you find my picture on the staff page, there's my email. Let me know about the decisions you make. Love to help you, resource you in your new walk with God. Our Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for Emmanuel, God with us. You always have been, you are today, and you always will be. God, help us not forget, help us not to forget that you are with us. We ask you to watch over us over the next over the next couple of weeks. We look forward to coming back to worshiping together again in the new year on January 10th as we celebrate and reflect on communion. And God, we love you. Thank you for your salvation. We thank you for what you did in our lives in the past year. We may not see it. But God, we know that you work behind the scenes of our lives. And so God, we thank you. We thank you that you help us, that you help us grow closer to you. And so God, we look forward to 2021, to what you have for us in the new year. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for Christmas. Nothing more, nothing less. It's all about you. In Jesus' name, amen.